If you could please pray the words, Come, Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, as we, bring, as we begin this campaign against spiritual evils, please allow your Son, Jesus, to pierce our hearts, to know that he is the only one who can love us perfectly, the only one who can solve that ache in our hearts that we all have. For we are all made for, we are all made for infinite love, and only the one who is infinite love can help us. And I make all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, it's a pleasure and honor to have you all here uh, this evening in this crazy little snowstorm we're having. So I know we're not where we're supposed to be. So um, just want to say thank you for being here. Just want to talk about three things tonight because often uh, this is a really strange day for a priest because so often people come and we literally put dirt on your foreheads and people are all about that. But the thing that the priest will say to you is is the word repent and believe in the gospel. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, like, what does even the word repent mean? And if, if you would have asked me when I was in college, I would have just put my hands behind my back. out. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for some smart person to answer this question because I don't know what the word repent means. Also, I want to look tonight at the word reconciliation. It's what we're all about in the church, reconciliation. And the last thing I want to look at tonight is just the, the importance to buddy up. We live in a world that says we should do things on our, on our, on our own, do things um, as a lone ranger, and it, it just strictly does not work. So repent. The first words out of Jesus' mouth are repent and, and believe in the, in the gospel, believe in the good news. And sometimes I kind of wonder if I, I put ash on your forehead and I said, uh, leave, go jump off a cliff. I wonder if anybody would even react differently, you know? So we have the words repent. And it's, I think so often we think of that as like Jesus calling down to us saying, how could you, you bad person, you, you horrible sinner. But no, Jesus, when he says repent, he's saying, I invite you to a kingdom that you belong to. The one where you will never doubt my love. The one where you will know your identity as a son or daughter of the Father. You will know. So he's calling us higher to his kingdom. And he sees us sometimes playing in the mud. And he's like, repent. Like, you don't belong down there. So the call to repentance is, is, is called for a transformation of mind. The way, not just to, to change the way I, I think, but to change the way I live. To change the way I see the world. And it's so important that we take that seriously because during the pandemic, a lot of studies came out and they said people who either lost their faith or have no faith, their mental health has never been worse. But people who have found faith, people who have actually taken up their cross and repented um, or, or, or kept their faith during the pandemic, their mental health is exponentially higher. So Jesus must know what he's talking about to ask us to repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel that is more powerful than the forces that you and I cannot beat, the forces of sin, death, the devil, and hell. And if we think we can beat those, those forces, I just want to ask you this question, you know, like, when's the last time you, you did something, you knew it was wrong, you didn't want to do it, and you did it anyways? Probably like every day, right? The reason why we can't beat those things is because sin is a power, And it's so much more powerful than you and I can ever imagine. But what Jesus has done on the cross, he's conquered that. So when ashes are rubbed on your forehead, you're literally saying, I'm a sinner. And because there's a cross, I have a savior, right? But it's not just a today thing. It's got to be an everyday thing. I don't know what your background with your faith is or what your your family life is, but I just want to say, like, um, we want you here. And we need you here. And this campus needs you. 
Depression rates are at 45% on campus. We're almost at 50%. But when you and I begin to repent and, and take up the cross, take up the kingdom of God within us, uh, the light of God shines through us, and we see the world differently. We, we, one thing we don't do is we don't think, oh, well, I should do it tomorrow. No, if you look at the readings today, Jesus, through St. Paul, said, Behold, now is an acceptable time. If you're wondering if I should change, tonight is the night. There are no more excuses that you and I can make. We have every opportunity to actually repent and believe in the gospel. He says, now is a day of salvation. Now is a day to get saved. Now is a day to, to be safe, to be whole in Christ. And to stop telling myself, well, if I just get that, those clothes or if I just buy that thing, then I'll be happy. It's like, it's, it's, it's not working. It's not working. And the word reconciliation. I think there's a lot of pride in our culture today. And I'm, I'm prideful myself. I need to be more humble. Um, like Lent can be a, a great time for us to just lift up our chest and say, look, look at all these fasts I'm doing. Look at this almsgiving I'm doing. Uh, but actually... Um, Reconciliation is what Jesus talked about. It's a, it's a part of going to and praying to your father in the upper room and having divine intimacy with him. To know that he's the only one who can love you perfectly. He's the only one who can um, console you the way you need to be consoled to help you overcome your addictions. The word reconciliation, if you break it down, it states what God's original intention for your life is. The word re means to do again. Con means with. Cilia actually means like eyelash or eyelid, and Sean means to do again. So St. Paul says we are ambassadors of reconciliation. We are people who are meant to bring people back to the face, the eyes of the Father, to be close eye to eye with him so they can see the reflection in his eyes to know that they're his beloved son or his beloved daughter. And Jesus has, has done that for you. So the thing is, you can't earn that. That's his free gift to you. That's what it means to believe in the gospel, to believe in the good news. But then what does, what does need to happen is you need to make a decision to follow him. And again, not just today, but like every day. For sure, frequenting the sacrament of confession. For sure, for sure, going to Mass on Sunday if you've been away for a long time. Again, now is an acceptable time to start making that change to come back. If you feel like your life's been off track, I just want to ask you, like, who are your buddies? You know, you show, me your, you show me your friends, you show me your buddies, and I'll show you your future. Either your friends are leaving you, leading you to Jesus or away from him. That was one of the hardest things I had to do in college was to break off just unhealthy, toxic relationships, friendships. But it was interesting when I started hanging around people who are sharp, as we hear in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Most of my, I would say, pals or buddies or whatever in college were dull. So what do you think that made me, right? When I started hanging around people who were sharper, who could, who could challenge me, who could encourage me, who could actually lift me out of the hole that I had dug in my life, um, I was in, in, in eternal gratitude to them. And some of the friends that you make in college will be your friends forever. And so often we think like, oh, I, I can get the mass by myself on Sundays. I couldn't even do that in college. I needed friends. I needed buddies. I needed guys that could, could call me out when I was being a you-know-what, but also could call me up when I was being admirable or being a disciple or being, um, being courageous. 
So if you're wondering when's the time to change, it's today. The time is now, and there are no more excuses to make. It might mean you have to make some hard decisions, but don't just think about that now. I want, I want you just to think about this. If, I, if you make some changes now, what could your life look like in five or ten years? Like our, our world is literally screaming for help. And if you take this seriously, you might be the only light, the only Christian, the only Bible somebody reads, right? And if we focus on ourselves, that can be kind of a scary place, but when we focus on him, the Lord of the universe who went to war with sin and death to win you back because you matter to him, the one who knows you by name, the one who's always knocking at the door of your heart, wanting to come in, if you know him, then you can't help but share him with others. He just oozes out of you because he, he wants to be shared with others. And he comes in when you repent. He comes in when you, you admit your fault. And he comes in when you also are humble and you're reconciled to him. That might be a great prayer tonight. Say, Lord, I need better friends. I need to buddy up. But also give me the grace, Jesus, to not just do Ash Wednesday, but like, let me enter into Lent and to know you in a new and infinite way, a way that'll actually transform the way I see, the way I live. That means you have a decision. All of us have free will here. You can do whatever you want. You can live in the dark or you can come play in the light, right? If you're living in the dark, I just want to ask you, how's that going for you? If you've tasted the goodness of the Lord, if you've, if, you've, if you've seen the light, if you're starting to live in the light, how is that going for you compared to what it was like in the darkness? You don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. You just have to be willing to carry your cross, to deny yourself, and follow him. But it's much easier when you have people around you doing the same thing. People that can love you up and not love you down. So when Jesus calls us and he says, repent and believe in the gospel. Again, you're, you're, putting, you're letting that go on your forehead. You're, you're telling the whole world, I'm not okay. I'm a sinner and I need, I need a savior. Anything that's been stirring in your heart, what's called, if it's not of God, what we're called to do is place it on the altar because Jesus will be here in just a moment in the Holy Eucharist. At every single mass, he is here. The bread is changed into his body the wine transformed into his blood. And why does he do that? Because he loves you. A God who loves you would go that far to make himself so small. That's what, what called me to be a priest. I just couldn't believe that God could love me that much that he would do that for me. But he wants to do the same for you because again, it's meant to be shared. And whatever stirring, that's not of God. You're called to say, Jesus, you take care of it. You're called to put it on the altar and give it to him. If you do that more often, if you do that every day, things will begin to change little by little. Are you hearing me? Are you aware of the struggle in the world? Are you up for the challenge? With God, nothing is impossible. Let us make sure we make a commitment tonight and the rest of this Lent to have a life-changing Lenten season. Now is the time to change. Now. Don't wait. So come Holy Spirit.
and give us the grace we need to be true disciples who repent, who reconcile, who find good and holy friends to lead us to the truth. Amen.